Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson, and his wife, Carlotta, and daughter, Hannah Miller. So listen up, because the doctor is in. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. Well, I'm delighted to have in the studio with me today my lovely daughter, Miss Carla Beasley, who happens to be on staff at Carolina Pregnancy Center. As many of you know, the month of January is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and we always recognize the crisis pregnancy centers and their ministries during this month. Now, Miss Carla is on staff at the Carolina Pregnancy Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so I've asked her to come on and share with me some insights about the ministry. So, Miss Carla, welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Dad. <laughs> it's my delight, Miss Carla. So talk to me a little bit. Now, you were involved with the CPC in North Carolina before you came to Spartanburg. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, so I was trained um, as a nurse with ultrasound training at the pregnancy center in North Carolina called Lake Norman um, Pregnancy Center. Um, So I had graduated within a year of working at that facility, and they provided the ultrasound training that I needed to work as nurse manager there. Um, Unfortunately, I only had the privilege of working there for a few months before God called me back to South Carolina. Um, So I worked there doing pretty much the exact same thing that I do now. Um, I do ultrasounds for women who are considering abortion or just need a little bit extra support in choosing parenting, Um, or even a few cases of women who maybe they won't get health care for a little while, so I can kind of step in and help them out for a little bit until they are able to see an OBGYN for their pregnancy. I got you. Now, I'm sure some of my listeners don't even know what a crisis pregnancy center is. So help help my listeners understand exactly what is a CPC. Mm-hmm. A crisis pregnancy center or CPC, also called PRC, Pregnancy Resource Center. There's lots of names for us out there. Um, we are a center that is a faith-based ministry. So we are completely funded by the community, uh, you know, 501c3, all those things. Um, but we focus on helping women who are vulnerable um, while they are pregnant. So women who are unsure what to do with their pregnancies, they are maybe considering adoption or abortion, or even just need extra support while they are parenting. Um, I would say the vast majority of what we do is really helping women who want to parent, they just need a little extra support. So material assistance, financial assistance, um, just providing local resources. We are constantly giving out brochures and information on other places around us so that women can get help from um, other ministries and whatever else may be in the community to help their needs. All right. Now, how many clients do you see on average in a, in a year's time? Um, On the average year, which lately we've been increasing every year, so this last year we saw about 4,500 clients. Um, Well, I should say we had 4,500 visits, but those were some repeat clients, so probably about 1,500 to 2,000 individual clients, totaling 4,500 appointments. I get 
That's a lot of folks coming through the door. Yes, it is. How, uh, many, how many staff do you have there? We have five. We have six, actually. We just gained a new one, so we have six <laughs> full-time. And, and now tell me about the funding. Now, where does the funding for a CPC come from? Um, for the most part, most pregnancy centers receive funding from local churches, local businesses, individuals in the community. Um, there are some pregnancy centers, depending on the state, who do receive a little bit of government funding. Um, that's pretty rare. In fact, our pregnancy center received government funding for the first time in I think last year. It was supposed to be 2022, but it started last year. Um, and there is some controversy around that, of course. But um, our director was the one who kind of helped that um, actually happen because she knew people um, who were um, senators. Um, but she made absolute sure that there were no strings attached. Otherwise, we would have not accepted the money whatsoever. They do not have the ability to tell us that we cannot share the gospel. And if they ever try to say that, we would just not accept the money. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So it's a, a faith-based ministry and an evangelical ministry. Absolutely. I see. Now, now go in and, and describe some more of the, the, the types of ministry that you provide. So we offer, well, first of all, let me start with the fact that we offer all of our services for free. There is not a single thing that we charge for. Um, so we do free pregnancy tests, which are urine pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds up to 15 weeks of pregnancy. Um, we do what we call physical needs appointments. So in a physical needs appointments, that's kind of like material assistance. So we can provide um, baby bottles, diapers, wipes, formula baby clothes, maternity clothes. Um, we call it a loan closet. So if we give you clothes, something that can be returned in decent shape, we do ask that they return it before getting more clothes in the future. So it's um, actually a pretty great program because somebody can come in with their infant, maybe three to six months size, and then a few months later they can come back in, return those, and get the next size up for their child. So we carry up to 4T, and of course all sizes of maternity clothes, so as she grows in her pregnancy, she can get different sizes that she may need. Um, and we can do bigger items on occasion, so we might have a pack and play, we might have a stroller, we might have... Um, a bassinet. Uh, the only things that we can't do are car seats um, and cribs. For anybody who needs bigger items like that, they must participate in our Earn While You Learn program, which is a wonderful program that a lot of pregnancy centers have some sort of program along the lines of this. So what that involves is a client who signs up for this program is placed with a mentor, which is one of our volunteers that we have vetted, who meets with this client on a monthly basis, usually just an hour or so appointment. And of course, they keep up with them in between appointments, but um, they review their homework. Um, they may have homework that involves watching videos online, um, reading their Bible or doing a devotional if they choose to, reading a magazine article or a book on parenting. Everything is either faith-based or um, some sort of scientific article or something they can read um, to further their knowledge as a parent, basically, and just help them be more equipped and be a better parent. So everything they do in that program, though, they earn mommy money. 
or if they're a dad in our dad-to-dad program, they earn daddy dollars. And they get to use that as real money in our store, our little boutique that we have. Everything in the boutique is brand new, so it's different than the loan closet for physical needs appointments. The Earn While You Learn, they have privilege to get the brand new items, so... They can save up and absolutely they can save up and get bigger items if they need to, like car seats and cribs and Uh stuff. So you have a program for the dads as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, We have a full time staff, Eric, who does a lot of our heavy lifting and (laughs) a lot of organizing. He's great, (laughs) but he also meets with the men. He and a volunteer, Bruce, um, meet with the men who come in. Uh, usually they're just coming in with their girlfriends for a pregnancy test appointment and then they get um, descended upon by these male uh, volunteers who are great. (laughs) (laughs) Guys aren't usually expecting that, but they're able to foster some really great conversations. In Uh fact, um, we were looking at our statistics a couple weeks ago for 2023. I believe we had at least six men who were led to the Lord last year. Amen. Just through a random pregnancy test appointment. (laughs) Um, So they're able to to do some pretty great things with the dads as well. That's, That's super. That is super. Well, now, um, tell me about the the ministry that you do with the ultrasounds. I'm, I'm particularly interested in that. Yes. So um, I, as an RN, am trained in what we call limited OB ultrasound. So it's not a certification or anything like that, but just a training that I'm able to have that's within my scope of practice. And what I get to do at a pregnancy center like this is offer ultrasounds under the guidance of our medical director, Dr. Watkins, and um, provide ultrasounds for women who are vulnerable. Maybe they are um, considering abortion or or dead set on abortion, or maybe they are wanting to parent. They just they just need to see their baby's heartbeat to kind of help solidify that decision for them. Um, so I get to step in and talk with them and show them their baby on an ultrasound. We have a wonderful Samsung ultrasound machine um, that is just a um, great tool to use because... We know from national statistics that roughly 85 to 95 percent of women who see their baby's heart beyond an ultrasound will choose life, mm-hmm. which is really staggering because most women don't even know they're pregnant till about five to six weeks. And around that time frame, close to six weeks, we can already see the heartbeat. We can already hear it, measure it, and show it to the client. Um, so it's a very powerful tool. tool tool that we have just at our fingertips. Um, And I absolutely love it. I've been doing it two and a half years now and never ceases to amaze me to see those teensy, teensy little heartbeats on the ultrasound and get to hear it and and see the gasps, Um, sometimes tears, not always happy tears. Um, (laughs) But it's a privilege to be able to show them what's actually going on inside of their womb. It's a powerful persuader to do the the good and right thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, I can imagine. Well, give me some stories. Tell me, tell me a few examples of clients that you've been acted with when you do an ultrasound. Yeah, um, so I've got a quite a lot of stories. Um, give you a, maybe a good story and a not so good story, maybe. <laughs> Um, so just a few months ago, I had a 15 year old come in who was, um, very, very surprised to be pregnant, um, and very devastated. Um, 
her aunt and her mother came with her. They were supportive of whatever decision she made, but didn't really want her to have an abortion, which was very interesting. Um, but the 15-year-old was dead set on having an abortion. Um, it's it's usually not the case. A lot of a people, of yes, a lot of people think teenagers would be the ones having more abortions, and that's really not what we see, and I don't think that's what um, the nation sees in general either. Um, our, a lot of the high schoolers we see, they want to parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect that's because they don't really know what parenthood really <laughs> is like, so they're, they're just got stars in their eyes. <laughs> um, but this particular 15-year-old did not want her baby. Um, I had a new lady, a midwife, who was training with me, and did the ultrasound and she told me afterwards that the client refused to even listen to the heartbeat refused to even look at the scan she did not look at the screen even though we broadcasted on a giant tv in front of the exam table so they can easily see it she just kept her eyes closed just squeezed shut as tightly as she could with tears streaming down her face and her mom and her aunt sitting there with her just sobbing uncontrollably um I will probably never know the final story to her situation, um, but she was much further along than she thought she was. So for her to have an abortion would have been very difficult. She probably, if she had one, she probably traveled to New York or something like that Mm -hmm. to have it, which is also expensive. So I'd be surprised if she had an abortion, but um, it's 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 hard. I reached out to them multiple times, and they just kept saying, we're still thinking about it, we're still talking about it, and never heard a final answer. Um, you got me in tears now, Miss Carla. <laughs> it is hard. Um, the young ones really, really are hard. Um, we've had uh, as young as 14 in 2023, yeah. um, and it can definitely prick your heart. Um, but there's some good stories too. Um, I had a 17 year old come in a few months ago who was also dead set on having an abortion. And I did her ultrasound and she was also further than she thought. And there was also two of them. They were twins (laughs) and they were, it was the furthest along that I've ever scanned twins. So I will probably never forget the scan because it was just, it was fun for me, honestly, because I love that sort of thing. But she was devastated. She was Mm -hmm. crying. She hardly looked at the scan, but I gave her all the normal information I would give someone in her situation. Here's what an abortion procedure is going to look like if this is what you choose. Here are the normal side effects. Here are the abnormal side effects. You know, please follow up with the physician to make sure everything's fine afterwards. But also, of course, encouraging her towards life, encouraging her towards adoption and giving her resources for those two options. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I normally deal with a client considering abortion and so we reached out to her a few times for about three months I thought about her constantly I worried about her I prayed for her about three months after that so that was probably November she came back and she was still pregnant and she had the cutest little baby bump she was just teensy little skinny pole but little baby bump And I saw, again, two heartbeats, much bigger babies at that point, obviously. Uh, uh, Um, And that was really fun. uh, And (laughs) she was still very much unsure what to do 
which I was like, how can you be this far along and not know what to do yet? (laughs) But she was leaning towards parenting. And then just two weeks ago, I saw her again and she had her babies (laughs) and they are doing just fine. And she's going to be such a sweet little mom. She's got good support. Very glad to hear that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, now, I also understand that um, the CPC where you work has what they call a drive-through. Yes. And tell, tell me and my listeners a little bit about that. Yes. So we have what we call a diaper drive-through. Um, so once a month for three years now, we have given out diapers, wipes, and formula to anybody who comes to our drive-through. We do it once a month on a Monday between 10 and 12 and 2 to 4, and anybody can come. They they don't have to be a previous client. They don't have to sign up. They just literally show up with proof, uh, like a photo ID and proof that they have a child. Mm -hmm. Um, So that can be Medicaid card, birth certificate, anything like that. And they can receive assistance. They can do that every single month if they choose to. Um, And we've had lots and lots of support from that. The community absolutely loves that we do this. Our clients obviously love that we do this. It's been a great way to minister to our clients, not just their physical needs, um, but we have a lot of them who end up coming into our office. And so then we're able to share the gospel with them and help them in other ways. Um, We are still going to be continuing that. Um, But we are probably going to slow it down a little bit and just do it once a quarter starting this year, 2024. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's been steadily growing. We started it in early COVID because we didn't know how to see clients, but we still wanted to help in some way. So a drive through reduced contact. Right, right. Um, so we were able to minister in that way and we just ended up never stopping it. Yeah. We kept doing it. A great even, idea. even the local legislators said, don't stop. We can see how this is impacting the community and they love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. and there were churches and groups co- constantly bringing us diapers in early 2020 with COVID. We would, somebody would deliver 10 packs of diapers. We would give out five. We would get 20 more packs of diapers. We would give out 20 packs of diapers to this pregnancy center because we didn't know what to do. We would get 40 more packs of diapers the next day. Every time we gave diapers out somewhere, we would get twice as many back from a donor. So at some point, we just started storing it. We were like, what are we going to do? And that's when they started thinking of the drive through and started implementing it and actually doing Uh it. Uh Um, It used to be more often and then just once a month. And now we're going down to once a quarter. But it's been a great way to minister, to meet needs. Um, People even now still come through the drive through just crying, saying thank you so much for formula. Because it's expensive. It's hard for these people to pay for it. So last month was, I think, our highest month, I believe. We had 300 individual families come through. Wow. In two wow. hours. <laughs> where do you get all the supplies? It's from the community. So about half of the diapers uh, and formula are provided from the community, and then we just are able to have the funds to buy the rest of it from our local stores that we practically raid. <laughs> 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 but it's pretty great. Now, now I also understand that the, 
the Spartanburg CPC is moving to a new location. Yes, so we are super excited about this. This has been in the works for a very long time. I think it was, this was before I started working here, but I believe 2019 is when they first started fundraising and started the campaign for it. Um, And then 2020, they were supposed to break ground. That ended up happening, wait, no, that was 2021, I believe. But that ended up being delayed, of course, one thing after another happened. And we finally broke ground last year, 2023. And now we are actually about to move in the next month. Um, all they Carolina need to do. Carolina Pregnancy Center is yes. going to have a new building yes. after nearly 30 years yeah. <laughs> in, in, the, in the old building. <laughs> well, um, the first 10 or 15 years, they kind of hopped around. Yeah, the last 20 years has been at this location, though. Yeah. But we are ready for a move. So, so ready. We're outgrowing. We're bursting at the seams. Um, the building is very old. Um, there's just been trouble left and right. So we're really glad to own our own property, 100% paid for already. And the building is about probably 80% paid for at this point or more. So there's still some fundraising needs to go. Still a little bit. We have about 500,000 left to raise. So if people want to contribute to the new building, how would they go about doing that? They should be able to go through our website and donate just like normal. And I believe there's an area where they can designate building fund. And if it's not on the website, they can always call us um, and we can give them information. They would ask for Madison or they can just drop a check in the mail and write in the memo building fund and it'll go towards the building. And if people want to just contribute diapers or formula or baby clothes or maternity clothes, how would they do that? They don't even have to call necessarily. They can just show up at our office and anytime during normal business hours, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And where are you located for the next month or so? We, for the next month, will still be operating out of our old building, 103 Metro Drive, Spartanburg. Okay. And I pretty soon the new building will just be just a few minutes down the road uh, across from USC Upstate Campus. And it's a beautiful building. I've been yes. <laughs> I've walked through the before any of the frame where the framing was there and and the roof of course but yeah no no sheet rock yet but i could tell it's going to be a, a awesome yeah. awesome building we are so excited yeah. amazing amazing thank you miss carla thank you for having me dad all right you're listening to more than medicine i'm your host dr robert jackson thank you for listening to this edition of more than medicine for more information about the jackson family ministry dr jackson's books or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.